From Lutz to Riverview, from the Don Cesar all the way to Undertow, this is your 813 Podcast. But then both of those places were in 727. Yeah, I know, but that's... Uh, it's a podcast about the whole area, though. I like, I like those places. Uh, we are broadcasting live from Fuzzy's Tacos here in North Tampa, which, if you have not been to, has delicious beers and wonderful things. And the reason we're here, Rock, is we're getting an early start on National Margarita Day. It is National Margarita Day when this is released, isn't it? Yes, it will be. We are doing this... We're taping this on Wednesday night. We're getting an early start. Uh, but we have a piece out today that you can see all the best places to get a margarita in Tampa. So jump all over that, but do go out and celebrate National Margarita Day because honestly, your boss doesn't expect you to show up on Friday after National Margarita Day, does he? If he does, he's just kidding himself. That's right. So get out there in the streets and celebrate. A couple of my favorite places. Um, I love Green Lemon on Howard because they do the margaritas with the beer in them. Uh, so loaded the, margarita. The loaded margarita with the beer inside. Quite fantastic and wonderful. Uh, Bar Taco is another one of my favorite spots. If you Are haven't you, I, been. I haven't been. Really? Yeah. Really good spot. Tons of different types of tequila. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Rocco's Tacos, which we just opened last week in yes. International Plaza. International Plaza, yeah. I believe they have, like, some insane... I forget what the number was, but they have a wall of tequila. I forget how many it is, but literally they have an entire wall. I think you would count once you hit wall. Right. It yeah. is. But And I did actually see the owner, Rocco himself, out there take a bottle of Silver Patron walk down the line of people waiting to get into their grand opening and pour shots individually into everyone's mouth. If you don't follow 813 Area on Instagram, there is video of Rocco walking down the line and pouring shots outside of International Bay, at Bay Street International Plaza into the mouths of various different Would people. I get sued if I started Rocco's Tacos and did that with Crown Royal? <laughs> Rocco's Tacos. <laughs> Rocco's Tacos actually does sound delicious, though. It does. Fine chef. I may have a new... Uh, Enterprise and Horizon folks. So we will talk about that. But a uh, few other things here to get to this week. We're also going to have be joined by Melanie Griffin, who is the uh, founder of Spread Your Sunshine, which is a great charity in the area, and also a member of the uh, Tea Barter Commission. Uh, so we'll talk about transportation. We'll also talk about her charitable work in the area. But definitely check that uh, check that out. So she'll be here right at the end of the podcast. A few things this week we do want to talk about. It is Fiesta Day in Ybor City this weekend. I've never heard of this before. I've lived in Tampa really? for a decade, and this sounds amazing. So, Cuban, Italian, Spanish, Jewish, German immigrants that, immigrants that settled Ybor City in the late 1800s. This is a festival that brings together all of those different communities. There's food, there's live music, there's booze. There's food. There's food. <laughs> and if you get food from all of those different ethnic groups all in the same place at the same time, can't beat it. One of the best things about Tampa is... You're going to keel over. <laughs> But plenty of great food out there. They're going to block off a whole bunch of the streets. So it's a big street festival. If you've never been, it is a really good party. Definitely worth checking out. Speaking of parties. Speaking of parties. Tell uh, me about this bar crawl party bus. So the deal is you're going to start at Franklin or you're going to start at, uh, sorry, Yeoman's Cask and Lion in downtown Tampa, which if you haven't been is maybe the best English pub in the city. Really good food. Very, very good. Great soccer bar too. If you're a soccer fan, it is really a place to watch a game. From there, the bus will take you to Franklin Manor. Uh, which if you're going to be on a party bus in downtown Tampa, you probably already know about Franklin Manor. You've yes. probably been there late at night to early in the morning, had a few cocktails. From there, you go to District Tavern, which I eat at a lot because it's not too far from our office. Really good food. Try the mac and cheese if they have it. Also, go to they're going to take you to Duckies to finish it off, to jump back on the bus, go to Duckies downtown. I miss Evan. Well, I was going to say, Evan Longoria, we miss you, so we will still patronize your place. It's not your fault you got traded. And we'll deal with the Rays and, and their little... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. By the way, anyone who's ever worked for the Rays. I'm sorry. Give them a phone call. They might not be there anymore. 
But uh, they've been traded. They've been traded, <laughs> including ticket sellers, ushers, yeah. guys who sell popcorn. They've all been traded. We've actually traded Tropicana to. Uh, <laughs> We've traded Tropicana. What's another orange company? We've traded Tropicana for uh, Sunkist. No, we've traded Tropicana for off-brand Publix. I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's true. No, wait, off-brand Winn-Dixie? Well, the, the funny thing is, uh, the Rays play Tropicana Field. Tropi- right. Tropicana is owned by PepsiCo. Uh-huh. But now they have a contract with Coca-Cola. <laughs> the Rays can't even get their drinks right. But when they get on the tip side of the bridge, good Lord won't and the creek don't rise, all of this will be solved. Yo, you mean uh, Cigar City or Stadium? I, that would be fantastic and wonderful. I don't know if they can swing it quite yet, but they should be able to. You know, Cigar City Stadium. I mean, is that the sponsor we all dream of, I think, oh, for Major League Ballpark? I'm not even a uh, beer guy, and I absolutely, that'd be amazing. That would that'd be, be perfect. S- they'd be two on the nose. Hopefully someday. That would be fantastic. We actually did a contest to give away two, uh, four tickets to the party bus this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we had somebody, first person to tag 10 different breweries in Tampa or, or in St. Pete. Ooh. To tag your 10 favorite breweries. First person to get in wins. Uh, we sent a congratulations to Mikey. He won four tickets to the party bus this weekend. Nice. So that's a great event. And by the way, at the party bus, every bar you walk into, the first thing you do is hand you a shot. So it's a free shot as soon as you walk in the door at all four bars, and then you jump on the bus and you head back out. But our friends at Downtown Crawlers, and they are great guys. They'll be out there this week, and if you haven't met them, those guys are fun, and they know how to throw a party, and it's a great time. Uh, so be out there. Um, I have passed. I work for the University of South Florida, but I live on Davis Island, so I take 275 every day. Not always the funnest drive, but I have passed this crazy-looking tent yes. every single day. Yes. What is that? So Cirque du Soleil came to Tampa last week. It is their Volta show. It is their touring show. If you have not seen it yet, um, if you've never seen a Cirque show, got to do it once. You know, if you're not, if you think, oh, I'm not a big circus person, blah, blah, blah. It's not really a circus show. It's just sort of like a performance art, physicality thing. You Great music. So. Um, yeah, no, it is. I've, I've only been to a few Cirque shows. I went to uh, the one that was in Orlando. It was at Lanuba. Uh-huh. And then Disney. I went to one in Vegas. Okay. Uh, and I think it was Ka, and they were amazing. And I can't believe that they moved that entire production to what is quite frankly a parking lot of a Greyhound race station. <laughs> sorry, Greyhound race track. Greyhound race track that no longer has Greyhounds running. Yeah. So it, it's literally like almost an abandoned Greyhound track. And now they have brought this beautiful performance. Uh, there are tickets still available, especially as you get later in the month. Uh, the big night was uh, opening night was Valentine's Day. Oh, so yeah. it became the hot date ticket in Tampa. But now tickets are a little bit easier to come by. But it's definitely something worth checking out. Something that's a little bit different, the Lights Fest up in Dade City. So basically, you're going to be able to take a bag. You're going to write your hopes, your dreams, your wishes on it. And then they're going to give you a, a, a candle. It's going to waft into the into the atmosphere and go and sort of light up. And it's going to light up the entire sky. It's a really cool looking event. So there's also going to be food trucks and live music and a lot of things to do up there. So for our friends up in Dade City, if you don't want to come all the way down to Tampa, um, or if you're a little closer to that side of the world, something really cool and different to check out this weekend. Uh, Now, if I want to maybe have a cocktail and play in a ball pit, where am I going? If (laughs) the Children's Museum this weekend does have their grown-up night. Because my local McDonald's is getting real tired of my shenanigans. So if you want to go out there, they actually have a little miniature Publix inside the Glazer Children's Museum, but I wonder if they're going to actually like sell like real beers. Do they have tiny, (laughs) wait, do they have tiny pups-ups? You know, there's only one way to find out. There's only one way to find out. Let's and then to go to the Glader Children's Museum for grown-up night. I can't think of any more fun than, like, jumping around on playground equipment or on a ball pit while full of alcohol and totally being socially acceptable to do so. Now, 
Is this going to be a good weekend to drive up and down Bayshore Boulevard? Well, Brock, since uh, you live on Davis Island and I, I live in South Tampa, I think there's one thing we need to be aware of this weekend, and that is you want no part of Bayshore Boulevard on I Saturday. Do not. And that is because it is a Gasparil Distant Classic. Good luck to everyone that's running. For everyone else, just don't drive there. Just make sure to check the road closures. It does get a little crazy. Let the healthy people be healthy. We'll go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, be, we'll be on a bus driving around yeah. drunk, you know, having somebody drive us, yeah. getting shots at every bar that we walk into. Playing ball pits. So <laughs> that's how we roll. But to all of you healthy people out there running half marathons or more this weekend, congratulations. But you are going to block off traffic. It's great for the city. It's a wonderful event. Okay, However, say, it does hurt your ability to get around yes. if you are not involved. Say I don't want to have drinks. I don't want to have a crazy night. Say I want to appreciate something beautiful. Um, do you want to go to an arts festival perchance? Oh, do I? Oh, so uh, St. Pete uh, Fine Art Festival this weekend. Definitely worth checking out as well. 120 different um, artisans. I think it's glass blowing. It's sculpture. And then one last thing that I do want to mention here. So I was going to Winn-Dixie this weekend. And I tried to pull into the front gate, and there's Girl Scouts out there trying to sell cookies. I said, oh, well, I'll take a box of tagalongs, a box of peanut butter, whatever we got. I'll take all of this. It sounds fantastic. I go. I hand her my credit card. She goes, cash only. Oh, no. Come on. Do so then I'm like, she's like, well, just go inside and get it. I was like, no, it's a credit card. I could not get money out of the ATM. Well, you can. Well, you can, but it's going to cost then my $12 worth of Girl Scout cookies run about $48. She works for American Express. <laughs> <laughs> so they did not take my credit card. I did not get my Girl Scout cookie, so I'm still in search. So in Safety Harbor this weekend at the Crooked Thumb Brewery, they are offering beers based on Girl Scout cookies. Oh. A chocolate mint Imperial Stout, s'mores Imperial Stout, chocolate coconut Doppelbach, and chocolate peanut butter porter. My God, that oh. sounds delicious. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I don't even like beer. It's so good. So one of those little things, if you happen to see it out there uh, this weekend, Crooked Thumb Brewery. Definitely worth checking out. Now, say I want some shrimp or maybe some crabs. Now I have no idea where to go. What about the 2018 SunWest Crab and Shrimp Festival? That sounds delightful. And that picture is hilarious. If you haven't seen it, 813 area, sorry, 727area.com. It is a crab wearing a Santa hat, and that's just delightful. Yes. So, great seafood festival out there this weekend. So check that out as well. We had a tough time actually narrowing it down to just 10 events this weekend. There's plenty of other things to do. So be out there, um, enjoy it this weekend. The weather's going to be like, I mean, we're sitting outside here at Fuzzy's Tacos in it's shorts. February. In February. And perfectly comfortable. It's amazing right now. It's just going to get better. It's supposed to be like this, and it's not only supposed to be like this next weekend, it's supposed to be like this all next week. Oh. Which is just fantastic. Like enjoy the weather. it now before the, we were all a little miserable during the, the mini ice age we had. It was like we, our cold snap, you always get that two weeks of cold. We had it earlier this year, but it seems like the. It seemed like it was longer. And a little bit longer, too, but it's definitely, like, turned. And we I only have three jackets. Right. Rotate them through. So, anyway, so tons of good stuff to do this weekend uh, in Tampa Bay. We just wanted to let you know. But So, um, we will now turn it over to Melanie Griffin to talk about her program, Spring Sunshine, and also a little bit about transportation in the Tampa Bay area. But, guys, we hope you get out there and enjoy it this weekend. And thanks again for checking in here at 813 Area. If you've got some feedback, you can leave it in the comments. Make sure you subscribe, share, send it with your friends, and only review us on iTunes if you intend to give us five stars. Because if not, you're actually making our lives worse. So if you hate us, just never listen again. But if you love us, please do give us a five-star review. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, we're good. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Happy end of February. Happy National Margarita Day. Happy National Margarita Day.
Melanie Griffin, welcome to the 813 Area Podcast. Thank you for having me this morning. Thanks. So we're going to talk about Spread Your Sunshine first. What is Spread Your Sunshine and why did you found it? Spread Your Sunshine is a LLC that I founded to work on women's empowerment and mentoring issues. I founded it because what I determined was that I was having more and more women who were referred to me for mentoring services and that as one person, as passionate as I am about mentoring, it became impossible to um, provide them with quality mentoring services and to give them the empowerment and confidence they need. Um, it almost became a full, full-time, part-time job. Um, and so what I realized was two things. One is that at the end of the day, when you are a beginning or in intermediate level mentee, a lot of times, as uniquely phrased as your questions are, you tend to have a core set of issues that are important to you in the establishment of your career. And so I thought to myself, if I could have a website, if I could have materials that answered some of those core questions to help a broader mass of people, that I could affect more positive change than just the one-on-one -on -one mentoring. Additionally, a dream of mine with Spread Your Sunshine is to eventually recruit additional female mentors and we do have several people who are interested in getting involved with the project so that I could have a bank so that when people contacted me again there'd be the opportunity for one-on-one -on -one pairings with people that either had additional time to work with that mentee and or with people maybe who are even a better fit than I am in terms of life experiences job job scope that kind of thing gotcha so how many women have you brought into the program and, and do you want to grow this statewide do you want to what's your goal to make this even bigger and bring it to more different people my ultimate goal, if I could, if, if I were queen for the day, what I would actually do um, would be to start, um, it would be to expand it really at the elementary school level um, and to start there and to take it, you know, nationally, internationally. And, and the reason I say that is that a lot of the women that I work with now are a good decade, decade and a half, my junior. And I see so much of myself in them. And thankfully, because of mentorship, I've been able to overcome hardships in business or skills that I did not come equipped with, like, um, you know, confidence or communications or that drive to learn how to um, flip a contact into an actual sale, those types of things that maybe are a little bit more male-centered in terms of education at an earlier age. So I would love to, for our girls or our women who are interested in participating in the business world, um, get them that training and confidence at an earlier age. And I think it's just like anything else, it's like soccer or gymnastics. The earlier you practice having confidence in yourself, um, so again, that's what I'm saying, you know, five-year-olds, let's have them practice, you know, being confident and thinking they're awesome. You went from high school, FSU for undergrad, FSU law, and now you're Dean Mead, partner Dean Mead, big, big firm in town. What was the biggest part of your journey which made you start to believe, hey, I can do this too? What was that one moment where you went, you know, I, I can get there, I can do this? My mom, she's the hugest cheerleader. I think maybe everybody says that, but certainly that, uh, and my husband, I mean, certainly such big um, mentors and cheerleaders. And I think a big thing is that you have to personally want it. And I've, I've done a lot of research on that as well. And that's one thing that comes up over and over again is certainly there are so many skills you can learn. You can have cheerleaders in your life. All of those things help. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to have the drive to get where you want to go. So we are also here to talk about the, your role with the Tampa Bay Area Regional, Regional Transit Authority. You are the Policy cha Committee Chair. And I don't know if you've heard, there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions about how you should do your job in Tampa. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. We do that feedback and we welcome, we love hearing from, from citizens. So, first of all, how'd you get the job? And secondly, why is it important and what role, what specifically does this role fill? Because we know that we hear all these different alphabet soups about what's happening on in, tra in transit and transportation in Tampa. What specifically does T-BAR to do and what is your long-term goal coming out of the processes that you're in now? 
I was appointed by Governor Rick Scott to Tibarda in August, and one of the things I really appreciated about that was, you know, him him taking a look at me in terms of a diverse candidate. Um, you know, certainly adding a female perspective, a business perspective um, to the board, in addition to all the other um, very good board members who serve. And quickly wanted to immerse myself in that world. And so when they said, "Hey, who's interested in the policy committee?" raised my hand, and here I am as chair. And it's something that I'm passionate about because, as you know, part of my role as being a shareholder at Dean Mead is having offices in both Tampa and Orlando. And so going back and forth, traversing the I-4 corridor for over a decade, I've seen how that has gotten clogged. It it truly, you know, while it certainly was clogged um, over 10 years ago, it's worse now. And there's a statistic that if we don't do something about transit and transportation in the state of Florida, that literally lanes of our infrastructure will shut down by X dates as the population grows. And that's scary when we need people to be able to get to work, when businesses need to thrive and offer people jobs. Um, And so that's what makes me passionate about it. Going to what Tabarda does or what it wants to do is that about a year, the legislature took a look at our tenure agency and tweaked the legislation that enabled the agency to operate. And so the goal of, quote unquote, the new Tabarda that's focused on transit, I think it's the first place to start, is that it's now focused on um, transit as opposed to transportation. So really, how do we move people um, and, and putting, you know, while highways are connected to that, putting that aside for a second. And the ultimate goal, I think, of most to BARDA board members when you talk to them is to really think about the agency as the quarterback of a football team. Right now, Tampa Bay's Achilles heel is that we do have a region. We have to face that. You know, we're not just Jacksonville or we're not just, you know, Tallahassee. We do have all these connected parts, you know, St. Pete and Pasco, and we've got to figure out how to move between and efficiently with a region and work together. And there is no singular agency right now that is quarterbacking all of these individual efforts and the reason that's so important, not only in terms of we want to get something done, but you need funding to get something done. Tampa Bay has received less funding than our other major city counterparts, like the Jacksonville region, um, like Orlando, Miami-Dade. And consistently what we hear is that it's due to this lack of regional coordination and that we don't have you know, a plan or a singular voice that we're putting forward. And therefore, we're getting the shaft on dollars, both statewide and federally. We've got to figure out this problem if we're going to solve it. So a lot of those people that are running back and forth over the bridges every day would say, is there a better way to get across the bay? Is it is a possibly maybe a ferry? Is there a, a, a rail line? What, what do you sort of see as the vision for getting people across that bridge every single day? Right now, as you may have um, seen, there's a regional premium transit feasibility plan that was just released by um, Scott Pringle and um, his company. And so it is suggesting that there could be a 41-mile stretch that would go from St. Pete um, and then go through downtown Tampa and continue to extend. And that is just so it's clear um, it's going to be vetted by the public to get public comment so it's not in any way you know passed but it's something that's being certainly considered as a very good option and the other important piece of that um, is that it's the first piece of the puzzle I think that to your point it could already potentially do a lot of good in just connecting that short 40 um, miles but we would have a lot of additional um, feeders an additional route to add on to that in, in, in future years if we can ac- accomplish that first piece. So what's the number one thing you hear when you when you get that public feedback when you're in a committee meeting and you see people come up and, and talk? What's the what's the number one thing you hear from the public? Frustration. <laughs> <laughs> um, number one thing, I, you know, one of the things that I 
that synthesizing all of this that I do think is problematic is a lack of education. So for instance, I do think that our different agencies are doing things to make transit better. For instance, um, you know, if we look at HART, there is a one bus away program. There are ways that you can actually transfer your fare um, and get the synergies of not, you know, having to pay, um, you know, a single fare, a single fare, a single fare as you transfer. You can actually go on an app and see where the bus is and not have to have that worry, did I miss my bus, that kind of thing. But if I wasn't involved in Tabarda, I would have no idea. Um, and is and you know this, Colin. I, it's a rare day that I actually drive. It's not my favorite right. <laughs> um, thing to do. Um, I actually love alternative transportation, but I would have to go online or figure out, do the research myself to figure out how to get myself from my house to downtown or wherever it is that I wanted to go in the city. Um, and that's counterintuitive right now when you have something like Lyft and Uber and other technologies. And so um, those may be not cost effective um, for all segments of the population. That's the whole point is that we need to figure out how to um, make the other things like buses even more friendly to the entire segment of the population and figure out how do we educate people about how to use them. So as you know, I gave up my car last year, um, March 29th. I said, I'm going to just see what it goes. I'm going to do it for 30 days. So I'm going to try and make it one year, but I've already done a little car shopping because um, I did fall off my bicycle. And, you know, it, it, it's funny because even a small thing like that, you think like, oh, you took a little injury, da-da-da. Well, I had to take an Uber here today. Well, normally, I live just a mile away. I would have taken my bicycle here. But since I got a bad wrist, I got hurt, I couldn't do that, and I'm another car that's on the road now. You know what I mean? And just from, and I was using my bicycle, just a, sim- a simple injury. So, like, little things like that that people can't necessarily plan for, it's part of the transportation equation. You know what I mean? There are people who feel like, they can't find uh, information. I, I didn't even know this, but apparently there's a program where if you're in Hillsborough County, um, if you take the bus, if you have an emergency at home, your child gets sick, something like that, they will come in a cab and pick you up and actually take you to your child a certain amount of times a year if you're taking the bus every day. There are so many programs like that and, and things that are different and, and part of the equation. Um, is there a certain area of the population where you feel like that they're being underserved or could really use more support from from a group like yours? Honestly, I feel like it's the whole population for different reasons. So for instance, I feel like that you certainly want people who don't have the opportunity to um, have a car to be able to get to work if they want to be gainfully employed and to make that easy for them. Um, Similar to you riding a bike, when I was in school, I tried to take a bus. I'm a proud um, native of Manatee County, but I tried to take a a bus down um, US 41 from Manatee County to Sarasota. And for me to get to my job reasonably on time around 8, 8.30, I'd get on the first bus around 5 a.m. Now, granted, our authorities are working very hard, and that's been a while to improve the routes and things like that, because they know it's a problem. But to your point, it's not easy. So, I mean, certainly thinking about that segment of the population that doesn't have the opportunity to have a car, I certainly didn't have the money for it as a student. I needed to have things like alternative transportation, like buses to get around. You certainly need to think about them just as important if we want to attract business for the business community that again then offers jobs like think about the Amazon um, Mm -hmm. headquarters that didn't end up looking more seriously at Tampa and we didn't make the final um, list to be considered 
I don't know, I'm not in Amazon's head, but I have to imagine that our lack of um, transit and transportation, and I think in fact that was a big part of the problem that came out in the papers, was that we did not score well in that area. And so if we are going to attract top business here and top talent, um, education is absolutely critical that we figure out this problem. So we see so many people in the core of downtown Tampa, and I, I do think it's gonna get solved for all of these people going up in the vertical condos and, and apartment buildings, because. Uh, there's going to be more bike lanes. I already see them building more bike lanes out here in downtown Tampa. So if you're in the core of the city, I feel like transit's going to get a little bit easier for you as, as Jeff Phoenix Water Street grows and as we continue to put more of that infrastructure. Um, but it's for the folks down in Riverview or up in Dade City or places that are a little bit further away. You know, I think so, t- so many times those of us who live in this area, and you and I both do, we, we sort of think about it in terms of like South Tampa, downtown, you know, that which is where the most, you know, a a bigger part of our population is, but it's not necessarily um, thinking about, like, the folks that are trying to get in from Brandon or Valrico, where so many people who do come in from Brandon and Valrico work in downtown core every day and just trying to get back and forth. Um, You talk about funding. What's the biggest obstacle there? The biggest obstacle there, honestly, is convincing the legislature and the governor's office that we do have regional synergy. They want to make sure that if they give us the money that we have the right people in place and that we have the right game plan in place to be able to work together. And if we can't prove to them that we will have a project that will be effective and that we can, um, the best way it was put to me, you have to think about something that our officials are going to want to be able to be at the ribbon cutting ceremony Mm -hmm. and be proud of. And if we can't get our act together in terms of, you know, and have um, cooperation around a singular plan and the example I'll use, I'm not sure how familiar you are with it, um, but Orlando, as you may know, has received funding that Tampa should have gotten for its Sunrail um, right. project. And I'm not advocating for a light rail. Um, I'm just, you know, my point of this is that it is a unified transit project. And right. when you were in Orlando, you heard unification around that project and idea. And that's what it took to get that through the legislature, get the funding and get it going. And we've got to have that type of unification at some point in Tampa Bay, or I think we're going to continue to lose out on critical funding. So who are the most important partners? You say everybody's got to work together. Who are the most important partners that need to come together and get on the same page? Right now you have um, your local authorities. So like Heart, PSTA, Tabarda, your MPOs, um, you know, so anybody that has that ability to um, affect transit or transportation in our area, certainly we need to be working together as a collaborative um, group. Like I said, if, if Tabarda is successful in quote unquote becoming the quarterback, so to speak, and having additional players on the team, I think that that will be helpful. And and equally as important than our, our counterparts, because as you may know, coming up in the legislature, the Tampa Bay area has a really great proposed leadership schematic in terms of who will be taking over as um, you know House Speaker, Senate President, you know, etc. And so, to the extent that we can have advocates who are in key places in the legislature who could help us move some of these initiatives forward, if we can do that on a timely track that matches with their leadership, that could only, I would imagine, be even more effective than what we are able to do right now. Well, you've said it. It's, I mean, it's not just Amazon. It's so many different companies. I always say that, you know, Tampa is the best city in the world, and I love this place to death, but if there's one thing I can fix, I wish there was a better way for people to get around. And so we're we're moving in that direction. I know it just feels, I know so many people have heard this for so long, but it's closer than it ever has been. I mean, they're really getting close to being able to pull everything together, and I know your work has done an amazing job of of getting everything all on the same page. And like you said, it's not just transit. 
know, there's going to be cars, there's going to be other things. There's things like bike lanes, too, that help as well. There's going to be even the water taxi. You know, it gets people, you know, from one side of the city to the other. Like, little things like that can help as well. And, but as we try and find a better way to get around Tampa Bay, um, your efforts are greatly appreciated, Melanie. Thank you. Well, likewise, and I appreciate you shedding light on the subject and for having me as a guest today. And for more information, where can people find you and find out more about this issue? They can go to uh, to Bardo's website. They can also get a lot of information from FDOS, the Florida Department of Transportation, um, where we we fall right now into Districts 1 and 7. So there's a plethora of information um, online regarding transit. And then regarding Spread Your Sunshine, um, www.spreadyoursunshine.com is my website. And there's also similar Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook handles. And would love to hear from anyone that I can personally help about either issue. You got it. Thanks, Mel. And uh, thanks. That Tbarta website is tbarta.com, T-B-A-R-T-A.com, and at sunshine underscore women on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. So absolutely. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you.